Welcome to Journey Through Classical Piano. I'm your host, classical pianist Yoon Kim. Every other Wednesday, I feature in-depth exploration of one classical piano composition. Regardless whether or not you're a lifelong lover of classical music, this podcast is meant to show you how important and relevant classical music is to today's world and to bring the live piano concert experience right to your living room. I believe that classical music is for everyone, so let's start listening together. Before we get started, I would like to thank my new sponsor of the show through Patreon, <laughs> Alan T. Brown. Thank you, Alan. Also, all of existing patrons through Patreon. Thank you very much. If you would like to support the show, please head over to patreon.com slash journey through classical piano. Creating podcasts takes much effort and time, and your support helps me to spread the beauty of classical music. Also, make sure to take a moment to give a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Every positive review and rating is much appreciated as it helps other potential listeners to find and enjoy the show. So today, I will be talking about Alexander Scriabin's Etude Opus 42 No. 4 in F-sharp major. He is a Russian composer and pianist. Scriabin himself was an exceptionally gifted pianist, uh, but as an adult, he only performed his own works in public. The cycle of 10 piano sonatas is arguably of the most consistent high quality uh, since that of Beethoven sonatas. Scriabin was considered to be a personified festival, <laughs> more of, I don't know, egoic person, it seems, and triumphant of Russian culture. And there was a saying that Scriabin loved music more than anything. And they're also saying he loved Scriabin more than anyone else. So interestingly, Scriabin later in his life once tried imitating Christ by trying to walk on the waters of Lake Geneva. And when he found that somehow it was difficult, I mean, uh, he climbed into a board and started to preaching. Hmm. <laughs> it is no surprise that Scriabin has been called the most mysterious and complex musical personality of the 20th century. I would say his reputation is stronger in Russia. Soviet radio played his orchestra music, Poem of Ecstasy, as Yuri Gagarin made his first flight into space. But for us, he's best known for his piano music. He received his early musical education from his aunt, he entered the Moscow Conservatory in 1888, studying piano with Vasily Safanov, graduating with a second-place gold medal. Rachmaninoff was the one that, who won the first-place gold medal that year. His work with Aronsky in composition was not that successful, as Scriabin failed to pass examination in that subject. Uh, and left the conservatory without the diploma. Scriabin had a similar experience to Robert Schumann, as he also damaged his right hand through excessive practice on the piano. Practice list Don Juan fantasy. <laughs> When he was forbidden by a doctor to play piano, he turned to practicing with his left hand and elaborated virtuoso left-hand uh, paraphrase of Strauss Waltz 
and also composed a beautiful left-hand pieces. The strength and subtlety he developed in his left-hand technique is reflected in much of his later writing in piano as well. In fact, all of the pieces his left hand is very active uh, as much as the right hand, which makes his music uh, probably a little more demanding to play as a pianist. So his right hand injury made his career as a virtuoso pianist a bit difficult, but he still managed to perform fairly successfully in his lifetime. Apparently, he had a fairly small hand which stretched just about an octave. Unlike Mahler or Grieg, he also just about five feet tall. People say between athletes and musicians. The difference is when you have uh, some soreness or injury in some part of your body, athletes would go to a doctor or therapist and get a treated. While musicians would think, wow, I must have practiced well and kind of feel good about it. <laughs> I, I think it's a little bit extreme, but it's actually reflects some truth in there. I'm lucky uh, because I never really have suffered from injury or tendonitis uh, being a pianist, but I've seen many, I mean, many of my friends and colleagues have suffered Uh, injuries uh, from playing instrument and pianist being uh, tendonitis. Uh, I would like to give a note to pianist or if you play any other instruments, then know that if you feel anywhere sore or kind of like almost borderline injury, uh, there's a fundamental things that you can uh, maybe try to change your how you play piano or your instrument. By recording yourself uh, and objectively look at and see where you are tend to hold tension or actually visit uh, to find Alexander Technique specialist in your town or doing more stretches in yoga. This bottom line is that playing instrument shouldn't be a cause of injury. Just like a Schumann or Scriabin, they really injure themselves. I think they went over <laughs> than they should. You know, uh, certain pieces definitely asking too uh, demanding technical ability. Maybe you're not there yet, uh, or you may have to work up to that point. Or actually, is that really worth it? <laughs> I also ask myself sometimes certain pieces asking too much of like, let's say, octave repetition uh, all the time. And I have to ask myself, is it worth it? Is it worth uh, of that kind of repetition, uh, hard on my hand? Uh, so that can be also consideration. Maybe that piece is not good for your hand position or your uh, body figure. So I just want to add that note in here. Scriabin was fortunate to have a series of stipends during his career from many wealthy patrons. He was able to support himself from these helps from wealthy supports, his competitions, and concert tours. 
I mean, this is fairly rare as a musician at the time, or even now, I guess, to be able to support themselves well with the Patreons. And he was definitely lucky. Another rare occasion about Scriabin is that normally composers are discovered well after they die. But for Scriabin's case, he was far more famous during his lifetime than after his death. His solo piano works, especially piano sonatas, show his changes in his style, in his lifetime, and his philosophy. His early piano pieces up to 1900 are considerably modeled in the works of Chopin. He used Chopinesque harmonies, melodies, textures. Then Scriabin added a personal, emotional, musical intensity. His harmonies always have that great climax and sonority. In this time period, just like Chopin, he also used a genre like a waltz, nocturnes, mazurkas, etudes, and preludes. After 1900, his style began to move into new directions. Complex rhythms are designed in such a way that downbeats are often obscure. Use sonorities and harmonies that seem to be drift and never quite coming to rest. One such sonority used frequently by Scriabin is called mystic chords. The name is given by Scriabin. It has a C, F sharp, B flat, E, A, D. The sonata number four has this mystic chord opening. Harmony has always that unique feeling that is open, sensuous, and meditative, but tends also to be fleeting and tenuous. This precious and rather fragile quality of his harmony makes his music stand out from crowds. Another interesting thing I want to add about Scriabin is that during 1904 to 1909, he became interested in the Theosophical uh, Society. This is a mystical approach to religion, which was God must be experienced directly to be known at all. So Scriabin went weather folder uh, over the top. <laughs> he somehow believed that the world would be regenerated through Catholicism, uh, which would come from his own creativity. Unfortunately, or I don't know, maybe fortunately, <laughs> he could not bring this vision of his, this piece uh, to a conclusion. This piece is called Mysterium. And his plan for this piece 
would be premiered in Indian temple. And this was actually not finished because uh, his premature death. This work was planned for his last 12 years of his life. I guess he actually is a pioneer of a multimedia performance because his vision for this piece was including music and the perfume and scents, dance and the light that will require chorus and solo voices, orchestra, and of course himself, center stage at a piano. I find it is fascinating that he even thought about uh, bringing all of the senses at the same time uh, what would it be like if this was actually made it happen? Like all the perfumes and, you know, orchestra and choir and piano in the center, and the dancing, and then the light in the temple. Everyone is participating. And he was actually even envisioned that there's no one who would be just really watching it because everyone is participating. The theory behind it is a little bit questionable for me, but I'm very curious and also admire his idea of this multimedia aspect of the performance this early on. He also thought certain keys are a certain color, Skriabin believed that key of D major is golden brown. And also he believed E-flat major is red-purple. Isn't that interesting? Because Rimsky-Korsakov um, liked blue with E-flat major. Sometimes over the past, uh, composers linked that certain key with emotion. But it's also interesting to see that they are linking with a color as well. Maybe we can actually link with a certain kind of smell. What do you think? So today's Etude Opus 42, number 4, composed in early 1900, which was just about to turn himself to a new direction from the model of Chopin. So this piece is just like a poetry for me. It, it is very succinct, yet fusing into many nuances of Skriabin's melodic line with his unique harmonic language. It's a fairly short two-part uh, etude. I remember the first time I uh, encountered this piece, and I thought, wow, this is very Scriabin-like, and and loved it. I love that the length of it, the melodic figure of it, and I never thought about this way with this piece. But now that we know how multimedia aspect of Scriabin was going towards his life, I wonder what color is this piece. I wonder what kind of scent, what kind of smell is this piece. <laughs> Can you think of it? And if you could think of any smell, any other color, please share with me. Um, please go to jiunkim.com where you can leave written or voicemail and I would love to hear from you. I will link that on the show notes below as well. So let's take a listen. Uh, Scriabin Etus Opus 42, number 4, performed by Jiun Kim.
I hope you could come up with some smell or some color. So next episode, I will be exploring original theme variations by Johannes Brahms. And this piece definitely deserves a little more exposure than it is. It's such a gorgeous piece. And I did a very fun little project with it as well. I can't wait to share more about this piece. I hope to meet you then. Thank you for listening.